Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb. Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. And we're live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross app. It's The List and your boy, number 198. Just another run-of-the-mill show. 198, Jimmy. <laughs> we are actually closing in on 200. As of now, it's scheduled for two weeks from now. I got to tell you, not to disappoint anybody, but because of COVID and because people are, you know, working from home and everything, I haven't planned anything for uh, listening to Boy 200. Have you done anything fancy? You know, any any surprises or plans? No, that's, that's not the milestone. The milestone is 202, maybe 203. <laughs> 207. Well, 207's a good one. 209, I'm going to have the Diaz brothers on. Oh, yeah. Just repeatedly say 209, bitch, over uh-huh. and over again. But, uh, guys, leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. Please leave us a super chat. We'll read your question or statement on the air. Uh, obviously, we've got a lot of different projects going on. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. And we have YouTube.com slash Fightful Scraps. That might sound familiar to some of you. It's a concept that we've brought back. We've got a ton of interview clips and compilations up there. Go over there. Watch something. we got to get our watch hours up, especially since New Japan nuked our live streaming over there. So, uh, yeah, support that effort. And, uh, of course, FightfulSelect.com. But I'm, I'm a sleepy boy, Jimmy. <laughs> did I tell you that I almost did a deal with the Diaz brothers? I think you did. Maybe. Yeah. But- and uh, i got to tell you, we were going to do this deal where they were going to promote a, a marijuana product. <laughs> and uh, we were going to build the pages in-house and everything. 
And Lindsay, you know Lindsay. Lindsay was was going to head it up. And I said to her, do nothing until we have a signed contract. Yes. And she was going to be gung-ho. Okay, I'll get design started on this, and I'll, I'll go hit them up for, like, product shots. I said, do nothing until we get a signed contract. Do you think I'm working with the Diaz brothers, Sean Ross Sapp? No, not no. at all. No, I'm not. No. People so. in the chat saying, listen, you boys, January 20th. We don't know what's going to happen between now and then. Sometimes we move shows back. It happens. Sometimes so I got to do this at 2 o'clock Eastern time, which I freaking despise doing this Man. at 2 o'clock. Oh, Jimmy. Hate you it. just got the worst life ever. Worst life. I don't life. know how you're going to make it. Uh, worst life. You're possibly going to handle 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, no. Well, you're probably going to have to in a couple of weeks. I'm going to beat a bunch of British ass on Quizlemania today and a Canadian, too. <laughs> What? He said ass and beat in the same sentence. What? That must mean he wants to slap somebody's ass. That's yeah, what Jimmy's that's saying. that's what I said. So how is your schedule uh, today? Because yeah. today, we're doing this on January 6th, might go down as the busiest wrestling day of the year. And for you, this is like day three in a row. So how's it been? You had Wrestle Kingdom night one, night two. You had uh, New Year Dash. How was it for you? New Year Dash. I didn't do New Year oh, Dash. Oh, you didn't do New Year Dash. No. Uh, Jeremy and Robert, big thank you to them. I was tipped off a little bit. Like uh, somebody in New Japan said, you don't need to stay up for New Year Dash. So I didn't. And it was a good decision because today I've got, uh, listen, you boy, right now. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I immediately had to catch up on a lot of the, the advertising stuff and a lot of the inquiries over the past three or four days. And then um, it, at three, we've got List Goes On. Four, I've got Quizlemania until 7, 7.30. got to try to fit in King of Coliseum Brutal. with MLW. Yeah. Then there's AEW NXT show. I do the post show there. And then i got three interviews scheduled this week. Yikes. Well, Good. Four, you're, try, you're trying four. to earn that new deal. Good for you. Four. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't already. <laughs> that's, for, that's for services rendered, Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, but had another interview with Court Bauer, which went up today. Oh, man. There's so much stuff going on. Yeah. So I haven't seen any of Wrestle Kingdom yet. I, I heard that uh, Kota Ibushi was the man. Uh, tell me first about the experience as a television viewer. Like, what kind of crowds did they have? I heard that Japan had just recently implemented stricter uh, capacity limits. So what was the experience like as a viewer? It was significantly scaled down. They couldn't, like, shout or anything. They had to clap or stomp their feet, uh, which it didn't make that much of a difference to me because of... I mean, just the way the nature of the Japanese wrestling fans is yeah. it's a little bit different anyway. Yep. I thought it was was fine. I couldn't really I didn't tell that much of a difference, but then again, I had earbuds in listening to people like Joel Pearl or Louis Dangor, whoever joined me on those live streams. So the crowd wasn't a, as big for me. And it, it isn't really when I watch New Japan anyway, but yeah, uh Ibushi had a great run. The Okada Osprey match was incredible. Cobb and Shingo Takagi it was it was so awesome, so awesome. Very good, and it seems to me now, you know. So Moxley did the video, so obviously he's going to continue on with them. It looks like they're going to do something on U.S. soil with Kenta. That's what they're kind of teasing, but that at least shows you that things are still running strong uh, with an AEW talent. And so when you look at Kota Ibushi, you can't help but think maybe you're a dream booker. But you can't help but think you got Kenny Omega as the AEW champion. You got his former tag team partner, Kota Bushi as the man in New Japan. That seems like it's right in itself, don't you think, Sean? Yeah, unless they use this to just get the belt off Moxley and then they piss off, which is a real possibility. Which could happen, yeah, that could happen. 
And yeah. I would love it if they, they kind of revealed that Kento was the person who attacked Moxley a, a while back. Because I don't think they've ever revealed that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that they've ever revealed that. And, uh, yeah, people keep saying, uh, Sean, you forgot to te- talk about the great Ocon. I don't want to talk about that guy. He's terrible. Uh, Evan Wright says, teasing Tanahashi versus Shingo now. Hose me down. Yeah, Shingo had a great, great performance. Tanahashi won. He beat great Ocon, which was a wonderful decision. Thank God. Uh, so happy about that. I saw uh, an interview with Okada when he talked about, uh, yeah, you know, this is pre-Russell Kingdom. He talked about looking forward to working with Osprey, but I kind of like to be in the main event. And I thought to myself, it was almost a double main event, sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah, kind sort of. of. I mean, it would, there was no titles or anything on the line, but they got like 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that doesn't necessarily make it a double main event within New Japan. That happens all the time. I guess. Um, but, I guess. But it was but a high profile match. It was the best match of the week, I thought. I, it was incredible. It was so, so awesome. Um, this That was my favorite match of the week. And one of the reasons why I think the titles should not be together, that could have been an Intercontinental title match. Right. Like, that you didn't need to do the double title there. Right. I don't need that. I'm ready for them to kind of split those up now. They're going to have to, yeah. 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 I know that Ibushi in character is teasing, merging them together. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I I think they should do that. Of Uh, of all the titles, they need to merge. Uh, Those never open weight six-man titles are never used. The the junior and and heavyweight tag titles they they need to be merged. Not intercontinental and the the world heavyweight title. Not at all. Not at all. Well, you mentioned about what's going on today. So we've got we had New Year Dash this morning. Uh, again, doing this on January sixth. NXT tonight has New Year's Evil. Uh, Finn Balor against Kyle O'Reilly. Rhea Ripley against Raquel Gonzalez. That should be interesting. AEW has night one of New Year's Smash with Omega Ray Phoenix. Plus, uh, MLW's jumping in with a live show on YouTube, Kings of Coliseum. That's a shit ton of wrestling, Sean Ross app. Yeah, it sure <laughs> is. <laughs> we get a little little break, and then Impact's got their pay-per-view next weekend, and then it's WWE with the Royal Rumble. I'm, I'm in the middle of an 8,000-word Royal Rumble feature. Uh, I kind of let people know about it. It's called Inside the Royal Rumble where you're going to hear a bunch of stories. I'm talking like from over a dozen people that have been in Royal Rumbles. Uh, it's so busy right now, and I love it. I wouldn't rather do anything else. But and don't forget, Conor McGregor's fighting in two weeks. Yeah, I know he is. I yeah. Know he is. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I am too. This is um, not Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? No, this is, and, and it looks like it's going to be for the lightweight title too. Yeah, you think because they're still kind of teasing a little bit about. Yeah, uh, I think I think it is. I think okay. it is. Okay, guys, guys, get your super chats in. Wild Boy says you guys have been in my life more than my dad has in thirty three years. Uh, that is both satisfying and sad, Wild Boy. But you know we love you, uh, Evan Wright. Uh, sorry, I read that one. Josh Gorman says, "How frustrating is it that Goldberg is still in main event angles in twenty twenty? Uh, FML. Well, it's twenty twenty one, buddy. <laughs> exactly. More frustrating. Yeah." Are we getting to that right now? Yes, we are. I was going to go to Bill Goldberg next. And, uh, you know, we thought it was going to be Goldberg, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And it still might be because the the way Vincent Mann operates these days, it could still happen. But they pivoted for now. Bill Goldberg, Drew McIntyre for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. A lot of people are concerned that Vince is going to, you know, do the oopsie-daisy on Drew, put Goldberg over, have him win the WWE uh, championship. 
you had some info about the whole segment with uh, with Goldberg and Drew. Talk a little bit about that, about what happened on Monday oh, night. Hey, you just want me to give give away everything behind the paywall? Ah, a little bit, just, just only for the listening, your boy. You know, I like to do things a little bit for for our viewers sometimes, just a little bit for the for the listening, your boy viewers. So you may have noticed that segment didn't make a damn bit of sense. It didn't make any sense. And even if it went as planned, it wasn't going to make sense. Greed. They were running really behind on the show all night long. I mean, they were running. They were running behind on the show when when Vince showed up late for the meeting on Monday. But um, they were behind on everything. And instead of cutting stuff, like they did not need thirty minutes for the new day stuff at the beginning. They didn't need that. They were behind and behind, and they don't have an overrun anymore. Drew was supposed to be able to cut some sort of promo where he kind of threw shade at the legends. Mm-hmm. But Goldberg came out, and he didn't ad-lib, and there were a lot of people frustrated about that. But there are also a lot of people I talked to that were like, well, that ain't him. They yeah. asked him to do something. He went out there and did it. So right. it's like you want him to do what they ask him to, but he, he didn't really have those instincts. The Drew line about the dad about fighting his dad, that was an ad lib from what I understand. And uh, tried tried to do that to make sense of what Goldberg was saying, like, oh, you're disrespectful to all these legends. It just doesn't make sense, Jimmy. No, I mean... Drew's, ho- Drew's whole thing has been respecting legends. In fact, he had about four legends beat up Randy Orton at Clash of Champions, and Randy Orton's backstage stalking Mark Henry while he's running around on a scooter. Like, why isn't he going after Randy Orton? nobody could make sense of this. Even the people that were like, ah, well, it was supposed to happen a different way. You're right. On top of that, Drew McIntyre is a baby face. Uh, and so on top of everything that you just said, why would he shit on the legends as a baby face? Like you say, he's got the background with the legends. He did a segment with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. The whole thing was so stupid. And him doing a segment with Hulk Hogan was stupid. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, I I know your feelings on that, but I'm I'm just saying... Hulk Hogan should be excited to be doing Drew McIntyre's poses yeah. right now, not the other way around. It Does Drew McIntyre be, have a pose? I don't know, oh. but it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. He should be excited to be in there with Drew McIntyre, not the other way around. You want to make the older guys think that the younger guys are cool. Yes. I mean, this has long been their problem, is that Vincent Mann almost shoves it down your throat that the past generation was just a much bigger era or bigger generation than today's generation. That's kind of the unfortunate thing about it. And and very obviously watching Legends Night, it's very obvious it was thrown to get together quickly. That's Vince's MO, 75 years old, throws things together quickly. The Vince of 20 years ago would never be late for a taping. He used to find guys that were late for tapings. And you remember back in like the 90s in the Attitude Era, you would always hear the stories. There was one guy in WWE who would be late pretty regularly. Do you remember who that one guy was that was always late? He had a reputation? Bret Hart. Bret Hart. And Bret Hart was the champion. So Vince kind of gave him a bit of a pass because he was the champion. Otherwise, you used to get fined for stuff like that. And now he's doing it on a, on, on a regular. I don't know. I mean, and, and again, when you look at the legends chosen, and, and I don't want to disrespect you know anybody because I, I respect what they do. I respect the sacrifices on their bodies and the sacrifices to their schedules and all that. I get all of that. Hogan was clearly the headliner. He was the marquee. Yeah. Right. And then they had Flair and they had Slaughter. Everybody else, with all due respect to them, I don't know if you would necessarily deem them legends. I mean, I guess IRS you would, Tatanka you would. Don't know about Alicia Fox. I don't know about Boogeyman. I don't know about Molina. 
it was a bit of a weak effort, I thought. I'm assuming that they chose people locally. Was was that kind of? Well, a couple people they had under deals already. And by the way, like a ton of people couldn't even show up. Because of of COVID? People were excited to see. Yeah. Like Carlito, Carlito, Jacqueline Ivory, who aren't on the show very often, if ever. Like people were excited to see them and then they didn't. Um, but I mean, yeah, you, you're not always just going to have the Hogan's around for Legends Night. You're going to have some mid card people too. No, I mean, you're, that's fair. That's fair. You're right. But the thing is, is you know, again, with all due respect to Hulk Hogan, he, you know, maybe the biggest wrestling star of all time. His prime was 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So for them to still use him as the marquee. I, it's just a head scratcher to me. I just don't, you know, and, and I know people are going to say, oh, you know, they drew 2.1 million viewers this week. Uh, the three hours of Raw were the, for the, were the top three hours on cable on Monday night. Vince McMahon's going to pat himself on the back, see, I'm, say I'm freaking brilliant. They also had no football competition. So sure. when, you, when you take no football and then you tie it into having this Legends Night gimmick, uh, you would expect an increase. I mean, if anything, it'd be a massive disappointment if they didn't have an increase. You know what I mean? But it, to me, watching it, I thought to myself, and, and people pointed this out on social media, a lot of today's stars are bigger stars than some of the legends that were on this show. Uh, but yeah. at, the sa- at the same time, 20 years from now, what are they going to do if they want to do something like this? Who's going to be the marquee? Who's going to be the headliner 20 years from now? I mean, aside from John Cena, who else could it be? I mean, I think there, there are a lot that they'll be able to do, do that with i mean none to the level i see see i i know what you mean by that but people on twitter are not going to know what you mean when you no say, oh yeah who are they going to bring back yeah i mean when the marquee box office i've heard yeah. you explain box office several yeah. times yeah but it means something a lot different in a day and age where it's wwe network subs versus pay-per-view buys as well so they'll be able to trot out rollins and reigns and all these people just the same way they'll be able to to do that um now from about uh, I don't know, 2005 to 2015, there there aren't gonna or 2005 to about 2012, there aren't gonna be a lot because CM Punk probably ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna bring it back Del Rio. Um, Edge is already doing it right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's a good question. But I mean I saw what you meant when you you said box office. But I mean they have people that they're gonna do. They've got people the level of. Tatanka and Molly. Oh, hundred percent. I'm not questioning that. I mean, guys like Rollins and Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch and Charlotte, they're bigger stars. Again, no disrespecting any of these talents, but they're bigger stars than Alicia Fox and Molina and even Tatanka and uh and Boogeyman. Like those current era stars are bigger talents, bigger name talents than those guys. I'm just saying who's the marquee? Who's gonna be the marquee? Unless they do it as a collective effort. Sure. You know, maybe they look at it and say, well, we don't have Cena's not available, say, 20 years from now. Cena doesn't want to do it. We got nobody else. And so we're going to have to just promote it as just a cluster of upper card guys. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's we, the way you'd have to do it. And, and it's, you know, the unfortunate thing, and we've talked about it, it's not for a lack of talent. They have so much talent. It's because of just the creative direction. I mean, it's not their fault, but none of these guys are yeah. marquee. That's just how it is. I am Lucha says the butter disregard Vince has for our intelligence cuts way too deep. Goldberg is not what's best for business. If if Goldberg's putting <clears throat> over Drew McIntyre, I really don't have a problem with. It. I agree. I agree. Uh, and and I mean, I know a lot of people were like, "Oh, I thought you'd be more upset about this." No, because I knew his contract called for two matches a year over the next two years. I expected it. Yes. If he wins the title, I'm going to be very upset. I'm going to be very frustrated. 
and all the people that are saying, oh, don't worry, he's going to put over Drew, that is far from a foregone conclusion. 100%. Is- you're completely, I, I never thought he was going to beat The Fiend. I thought there's no chance he's beating The Fiend yeah. uh, because The Fiend was just had all this red-hot momentum going on. Yeah. And he killed it dead. I completely agree with you. I don't put anything by Vincent Man anymore. I could see him looking at this as a two-match series, potentially. Like, Drew will get his win back at WrestleMania. I could see Vincent Man having that mentality. And, and the thing is, I know there's a lot of people that are pro-Goldberg. I saw your thing with Denise on Monday. I know some, a lot of people that are pro-Goldberg. If they had have ended, and I think you pointed this out on, on the Post-Rock podcast, if Goldberg's run had ended with the Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania... And if we hadn't have seen him come back for, uh, what did he do afterwards? He did uh, uh, Braun Strowman at WrestleMania this year. He did, what else has he done in the last year? I think, did The Fiend come after Brock? I can't remember anymore. Remember. Yes, it did, because he beat Brock for the title. Together. He beat Brock for the title, lost the title back to Brock, beat The Fiend for the title when he came back, lost it to Braun Strowman. So if his run had have ended after the first Brock match without The Fiend match in between, without the Braun Strowman match... I think it would be a more interesting deal. But now yeah. we've seen him a bunch already. We've seen him almost drop guys on their heads. Braun more or less squashed him. I know that they went back and forth, but it was like, you know, four minutes long. I just don't need to see it anymore. You know, I just don't. I don't need to see it anymore. Kevin Slitter says, I'm okay with Drew versus Goldberg if Drew goes over. Same here. That's it's the only way they can really do it. You know? Yeah. Uh Pass it to DJ says, did you guys listen to Alex's bedtime story at the end of Sour Graps? Uh, I have not. I've been trying to listen to my own bedtime stories and get to sleep. Uh, so, no, I am afraid I did not. Uh, Rob Wilkins says, might want to bring in Tony Khan to time the show. By the way, Rob, I did get your DM. Just a busy day. Um, but, yeah, timing, not timing that show right is... Oh, it's unbelievable. They used to poke fun at WCW in documentaries for this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you remember remember when J.J. Dillon left uh, the NWA, WCW, went to WWE, and they I think it might have been as part of the whole Monday Night Wars uh, series, maybe. J.J. Dillon was interviewed talking about, oh, the NWA didn't have anybody to time the shows, and then one of the matches didn't make air on a pay-per-view. Yeah. They made fun of it, and now they're doing all of the exact same stuff that they used to poke fun at. I mean, I don't want to be a broken record. You know, Vince is 75 years old. He's not equipped to do this job anymore. He's not equipped to head yes. up creative. He can't do it anymore. Uh, but he's, he's not going to step down. And, and this is why they have a tendency to go back to these legends for big shows, like a Goldberg. It's because Vince has not created any marquee value headliners that he feels that he can put in there for big shows. It's not the fault of the talent. It's yeah. the fault of Vince McMahon. What are you going to do with Roman Reigns? So it looks like at, at the Rumble, they're probably going to do him in uh, KO again. That's what they're teasing. Yeah. Aside from so. him, you got Daniel Bryan on the SmackDown roster. Who else do you have that's ready today? Yeah, Big E eventually. He's in the Intercontinental title picture right now. Who else is ready to, to, to plug in? This is not the talent's fault. But there is no. nobody else. And this kind of takes me to something I want to ask your thoughts on. Uh, this was posted today, January 6th, on Twitter by WrestleVotes. This is Media 4, Camillo. If you have it ready. There you go. So this is posted today. Just heard an interesting story. NXT talent was slated to be called up to SmackDown last week as of showtime was written into the main event segment with Reigns Uso and Kevin Owens. Said talent is on tonight's big NXT card. So curious to see if it was pushed a week or scrapped altogether. The speculation is Damian Priest. Now, I'd be all for that. 
Yeah, I Damian think he, Priest, I, Roman Reigns. Imagine the 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 side by side shot of that, Sean. You yeah, know what I mean, I mean Damian Priest. Once Vince gets a look at him and sees what he can do, he'll be like, "Oh, okay, right." I think he's everything that they wish Baron Corbin was. Yes, like he and he can go in the ring. That's not a shot at Baron Corbin. It's just they wanted Baron Corbin to be something that he's not. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I think that Damian Priest would be perfect for the main roster, and yeah, I, I think he. Sh- he shouldn't have been re- re- let me see yeah he should have been relegated so much on NXT to just 50 50 50 50 he had one of the most miserable babyface runs i've ever seen uh and that's their fault not his he's really good i i hope they call him up you think he's the guy that was uh that was if i knew uh, i'd be reporting it yeah. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> we'll see where that goes i mean that could be the shot in the arm that they need you know because yeah. he's already beaten kevin owens twice roman reigns so yeah. this this could be the shot in the arm. Another thing about Legends Night that I want to mention, um, I felt like it was just the same old shit. They just did the same backstage segments, doing the same throwaway crap. Sergeant Slaughter got to call somebody a maggot. Ron Simmons got to say damn. Hulk Hogan got to stand next to a current era star and do the what you're going to do. It was the same shit that they've always done, and that kind of got me thinking. That got me thinking about what if they had had proper planning? What if they had thought about this several weeks in advance instead of Vincent Mann deciding, okay, January 4th, we're going to do a Legends Night, and I'm not going to think about it until January 3rd. What if they had planned it out for a few weeks in advance? The first thing I thought of, so anybody that might be new to Fightful, you might not realize that Matt Riddle, prior to going to WWE NXT, he used to do a podcast with Fightful. Him and Sean Ross Sapir used to do a, a podcast together. I randomly grabbed one little clip from the podcast that you guys did, because I thought it was interesting. I'm going to play it for you now. This is Media One. This is from 2017. How much have you spoken to Triple H, or have you? Just just very few words. Very few words. Like, he came up to me. I, I talked to him probably, like, it was probably like a year ago. It was last year's Rumble, not this year's. Last year's Rumble. So it's been exactly one year. And he came to me at any ball of event he goes hey i appreciate what you're doing here and i go i appreciate what you're doing here nice <laughs> and then he goes he looked at me kind of weird and then he goes all right he's like i just want to thank you for everything you've done is it and i go, and did, you, I, did you look at him and say i want to thank you for everything you've done that's exactly what i said <laughs> and then he looked at me weird he shook my hand and he walked away. Oh. And that's the last, that's the last I've talked to Triple H either on, in person. I've only talked to him in person. I've never talked to him on the phone or anything. It was just those, those few words back and forth. And we're back. Now, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't the first time that Matt had told that story. And if anybody's ever seen the documentary they did when Matt first showed up in NXT when he made his debut. Well, that was the first time he told that story. No, I know that, but what I'm saying is yeah. he's told it. He's told the story uh, elsewhere since. And yes. if you if you've seen the documentary when he made his debut at NXT, they show him go into the ring. Triple H is sitting on the apron, and you can tell Matt Riddle's not Hunter Triple H's kind of guy. He's just not. You know well, what I mean? See, there are people in AEW who like when when Riddle was going at like Jericho, Booker, and Lance Storm, and all these people. They were telling people that I know, oh, well, he's Hunter's boy, so that's why he gets away with that. No way. I don't I, see I don't, that I don't at see all. It either. I no don't way. See it either, you get, Hunter doesn't have to say a word. You see it on his face. 
As soon yeah. as he saw Riddle, I mean, the first thing he did was he poked fun at his flip-flops as soon as he saw him. You know what I mean? I think so, he recognizes that he's unique enough, though. That's the thing. It's like, he ain't the guy that Triple H is going to hang out with. Right. Triple H is like, eh, I see why. Yes, I agree. And we know Riddle can go in the ring. Can you imagine if they had planned out Legends Night a little bit further in advance and if they had decided, what if we play up Matt Riddle Triple H for a few weeks and then we do that on Legends Night? Triple H is a legend. Triple H yeah. is definitely available. The problem is, number one, they would never think of it. Number two, egos would get in the way. I don't see any chance Triple H would put him over. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, and, but it's unfortunate. And then if they didn't want to go that route, what about Rob Van Dam? Rob Van Dam's free of impact now. He, they, they don't want to clear him. They don't want to clear him to do anything. Anything. I mean, he, could, he could. Okay. They don't want to clear him to wrestle. Really? They have him backstage. Yeah, but they that, wouldn't that do was, a tag match or something. No, that was a big point of contention for them. And that's it's weird. too bad. I mean, that's something that Rob Van Dam was pretty upset about at one point. Joe Hansen brings up a good point. He's pretty telling that Boogeyman's the only memorable character they can bring back from that 2005 time frame that isn't still around. And I was like, ah, surely there's somebody. No, they're using them as wrestlers if they can. I mean, right. like they, they don't like Paul London. It ain't going to be him. No. Trevor Murdoch, nobody's going to pop for him. No, yeah. no offense to him. I yeah, liked him. Yeah, but yeah. There, there's really nobody. Nobody's yeah. going to pop for any of these people because – since 2004, it's been lazy. Yeah, I mean, the only thing they could have done is if they had taken advantage of technology, you know, you, you can make nice, high-quality videos now without leaving your house. They could have brought Batista on to do something that way. They could have brought The Rock on to do something that way. There's so much more they could have done, again, if more planning had gone in. When I think back to 2009... When Chris Jericho was doing a storyline against Legends in 2009, and they set up a three-on-one match at WrestleMania that year, Chris Jericho against uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, I don't think they had any intentions to do anything beyond that. And then Steamboat was so incredible in that three-on-one that he got himself a singles match with Jericho. I think it was Backlash, and it was great. And I just thought, why couldn't they have done something more than just the same throwaway yeah. bullshit, get in your signature catchphrase, you know, another one of these nights where you could miss it and you're not missing anything. Yeah. You know? And what about Cena? Is Cena would you consider, consider Cena oh, yeah, a legend a today? Filming. Yeah, I would. You consider I mean, him a legend? Uh, so here, here's an interesting thing. I assigned an article. Uh, somebody had, had requested it on Select. I assigned an article to Taylor Hendricks, who writes for us, and I was like, a lot of people don't realize this. It's been two years since he's had a, a match. Like a real match. A real match. Not yeah. Firefly Funhouse. Yes. And he was going to do a regular one last year, but yes. things happened. Yep. Two, who would have ever thought that we'd hit a point ever, really? Yep. I would have thought he would have kept wrestling every year until he's 50-something. Yeah. Yeah. I think he wants the he wants to take a WrestleMania schedule, which he's earned. And, yeah. and COVID is what it is, and, and Mania last year was what it was. But you're telling me they couldn't have gotten Cena to do something? Something. Yeah. I, I'm with you, man. You I know? think that they should Just so lazy. Like, I, when I was watching, you know, and, and again, no disrespect to, like, a Sergeant Slaughter, Ron Simmons, whatever, but you just knew what was coming. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm surprised Mike Rotondo didn't, uh, did, he, did he say some bullshit about taxes? I don't think he did. I was expecting that kind of crap because that's what they always do. They could have done a lot more. Yeah, uh, th- there's there's a lot more that they could have done. Uh, Hannah sends a super chat about my hair. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Jobber says, uh, oh, wow, he's not an Ole Davis number one fan anymore. He's the distraction number one fan. I love it. He says, Cardi B versus Lacey Evans is best for business. I think there's a good chance we see uh, 
we see him or, or see Cardi B pop up and crack Lacey Evans at WrestleMania. Like uh, Cardi B said, she's open to doing a WrestleMania appearance. Oh, they'll hundred percent do it. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll they, say, I'll say this. Despite the, you know, I'm not big on the Legend Night thing. You cannot buy the type of publicity that she that they got from her that night because that's how these legends should be acting, Jimmy. These legends should be like, oh shit. Like this, the, one of the biggest celebrities in music was like, "Oh my God, Trish Stratus is tweeting me. Melina's mm. tweeting me. Like she was geeking out over over somebody less famous than them." Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. That's the rub, Jimmy. That's her giving them the rub. Yeah, and I, I agree. She'll, I'm sure she'll do something. I mean, if you look back over the years, I mean, Kim Kardashian was at a WrestleMania. Snooki yeah. was at a WrestleMania. I'm sure at some point. I'm not a Cardi B person, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But uh, but I'm sure at some point she'll do something. And why wouldn't you? I don't know if they're going to want it in empty arena WrestleMania because she's not going to do it for free. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I wanted to ask another thing about Legends Night. What did you think about Raw starting off with a Hulk Hogan uh, segment as opposed to following up on the cliffhanger? You know. Did Randy Orton burn Alexa Bliss alive? You know I think it's ridiculous. I thought it was ridiculous that they ended the show with, did this person get burned alive? Tune in next week to find out. (laughs) By the way, in 10 minutes, we have Raw talk about 15 feet away from where that would have happened. They had the balls to say, well, it was dark. We didn't see. Well, then nobody got set on fire, buddy. Because I don't know if you guys know this. Here's one that I'm not even going to put behind the paywall. Fire creates light. There, There you go. And then there they kicked go. off with this uh, on Monday. It was so stupid. So yeah. Stupid. And, and what do you think about the fact that in 2021, the first Raw of 2021, kicked off with Hulk Hogan and ended with Bill Goldberg? The first Raw of 2021. And this year, Sean, is the 20th anniversary of WWE acquiring the rights to WCW, which marked the end of Hulk uh, Hogan's this, last big this, run. Oh, this year is. This yes. year. 
Yeah. Uh, well, this week is the 22-year anniversary of the Finger Poke of Doom. And uh just want to say that a lot of the people that we've seen lately have been integral in, in the lead-up to that. Oh, man. It's interesting. I, I Nothing surprises me anymore. But it, it is telling that in 2021, those two guys started Raw and ended Raw. Those two guys in 2021. Yeah. I, fascinating. I, I, fascinating. Well, you, know, you know what maybe they could do? They could, they could bring back some people who used to have some good ideas for Legends Night. Maybe like Court Bauer, former member of the creative team. I interviewed him this week ahead of King of Coliseum. Take a listen. Uh, while we're talking about networks... Is it true you guys are talking to a couple of different networks about perhaps making something else happen? I, I can't really, I can't, I can't name names, so I'll get into trouble, and I, I don't want to <laughs> complicate things there. But I will I'll say that uh, these are what they call tier one networks. Hmm. Uh, there's tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. Tier one is the the, the top of the top. Um, so you know we're very cautiously enthusiastic about this and excited to see where this takes us. Uh, and given that the TV landscape just hit the brakes last year, yeah, uh, this is, you know, we're, we're glad there's a light at the end of the tunnel and a lot can happen. Uh, we'll see where these conversations take us, but uh, taking means uh, is our thing right now. And uh, to have the other side of the table so, or the other side of the screen uh, engaged to the level we're seeing is, is very important to us. And, uh, and I'll say, BN is, is a long-term partner, so you know, these talks would expand our footprint, not subtract. Um, but as the only free agent right now in the game when it comes to uh, right fees and what we can do right now, uh, we're in a really good position, and we're, like, we're, we're glad to see the, the network folks are, 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 are really interested in having those conversations right now. So uh, would this be to expand Fusion or to add content? How would that work? I mean, you guys have a pretty robust roster as it is. Right. It would, I would think it would, it would be new programming. Okay. It, it, would be, it would be a new offering of programming. Interesting. I, I've got so many questions, but I know that you can't. <laughs> I know <laughs> that realistically, <laughs> I know, realistically it, we'd be talking about a hypothetical deal because the deal would no longer exist if uh, you were to spill those beans. Um, Streaming exclusively on Fightful. Now. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> Burying people off the air. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about Camillo. I was doing my best to defend him. <laughs> so I want to get uh, your thoughts on Marty Skrull. This was not surprising to me. No. Uh, by, by, by the way, I just want to say we weren't really burying people off the air. But check no. out my full interview with Court Bauer. Maybe he'll bury somebody on the air. <laughs> he doesn't, but it, it's a good talk. There's a lot of uh, very interesting stuff in there, like... I was telling Jimmy, he talks about why he picks certain matches coming off of a lead-in, talks about that, talks about Cody Hall. There's a whole lot of stuff there. And I, I've told Sean, too, and I, I've said it on this podcast, I respect Court Bauer for his hustle. That guy is the little engine that could. Like, he just keeps going, you know, against the odds, it seems. He keeps going. So I respect that about him. Marty Skrull, not a surprise to me, done with the Ring of Honor. The, the question I have for you is, what do you think is his likely destination? Because to me, it's going to be Japan. Like, I don't see him doing, yeah, I don't see him doing AEW. I don't see him doing Impact. NXT, uh, I don't know, maybe. I, I think Japan is where he's headed. 
the buck stops with Tony Khan, and I don't think Tony Khan wants the bad publicity associated with Marty Skrull. I agree. Um, I agree. I think he would have been fired in, in June if he had signed with them. I think he would have actually survived uh, the the WWE cuts if he would have done it, if he would have stuck around. But, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, why is it? Why wasn't he fired sooner? A little bit different when you're working for Sinclair Broadcasting as a corporate employee. Mm. Like, it's not quite the same. There are some protections there. And, and, and things like that. But I think that he would end up in New Japan. But if he ends up in – here's the thing. If he ends up in New Japan, they'll have to get him a visa here. So he'll probably have to do some U.S. stuff, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, 100% he would. Yeah. I, I don't know when things are going to open up for that kind of travel. So uh, so we'll see. Although you and I both know and everybody knows people are, are traveling, you know, still quietly, regularly, every single day. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, th- I think they'd start them off with uh, with the U.S. stuff, and then uh, and then figure out uh, the visa later on. But uh, I want to move on to something that Brandon Thurston from WrestleNomics brought up on Twitter uh, because I think this could be very interesting. So the NHL, anybody that's a hockey fan, the NHL has sold the naming rights to their divisions for the first time ever for the 2021 season. Put up media three, Camillo. Look at this, Sean. The West Division is going to be called the Honda West Division. North Division, the Scotia North Division. Central Division, Discover Central Division, and so on. Now, the reason that the NHL is doing this is because they're trying to make up for lost revenue due to COVID last season. And there's other things that they're doing in addition to that. The individual teams are selling ads on helmets. uh, Because, again, they're trying to make up for lost revenue from last season. And I think they're also going to probably do ads on jerseys as well. And so... I look at WWE, and I'm specifically looking at WWE because WWE is a public company. WWE has shareholders to adhere to. When you are a public company at that level, status quo is not good enough. Like, you need to show growth quarter over quarter. And WWE, they've got their big U.S. deal locked in already. They can't do anything in Saudi Arabia. I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to allow them to show any kind of substantial growth quarter over quarter for a while. So I look at this, and I think, you know what? Maybe they will follow uh, the NHL's lead. When you look at the past, uh, they already have done ad partner sponsoring uh, certain pay-per-views, like Snickers Presents, WrestleMania. They've already done that. WCW, do you remember the Slim Jim thing? Mm -hmm. Halloween Havoc 96, they had Slim Jim logos on the canvas. They had Slim Jim logos wrapped around the ring posts. AEW's got the TNT Championship. And Boxing MMA has done this for years where they have logos all over the cage. They have guys with uh, logos on their shorts. It would not shock me, and I know wrestling purists are going to hate this, but it would not shock me to see a Snickers logo on the Intercontinental title. Yeah. And and for them to say the following contest for the Intercontinental Championship brought to you by Snickers, that would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they have logos on the canvas in WWE, maybe on the ring post in WWE. wouldn't even surprise me if they start putting them on the wrestler's gear, so long as they give them a cut, Sean Ross App. So long as they give them a cut. But Brock Lesnar established that presence. He's been doing it since he came back. He hasn't done it lately. I haven't noticed. Has he, he not been doing it. it? I don't think he's done it in years. Jack Links, no? I, I think they just pretty well filled out whatever deal that he had. Maybe. I, I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't paid attention. Yeah. But, uh, but he was doing it. But I, I saw this, that the, that the NHL is doing this. And again, Brandon Thurston on Twitter brought this up. Uh, I could see this being something WWE does in order to try to keep numbers up, especially as the COVID era continues. No Saudi Arabia show. No ticket sales. 
all of that. It's just something that would yeah. make sense to me. And and wrestling purists look out because people are going to complain, Sean. They're going to sure. hate it. But I think it's something that they might have to do. I'm sure. I know Brock did the Jimmy Johns thing for a while, and he's got his own Death Clutch shorts. But Death Clutch, I don't, right? I don't think. But I mean, that's his his brand. Yeah. I don't even know if it's active at this point. I don't know. I just know one thing, Jimmy. Right here, the most sponsored dong in wrestling media, and it's brought to you by BlueChew.com code Fightful. I didn't even get to talk about the divisions at all. Because I'm going to help you do some divisions of your own. Uh, actually, we won't go there. We won't go there. BlueChew.com, <laughs> Code Fightful, brings you the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. <laughs> but when you divide those legs, that division will be brought, brought to you by BlueChew. We are so going TV14 on this podcast. It's going to happen. <laughs> It's gonna happen. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to wait in line at the doctor's office because it's prescribed online by Blue Chew affiliated physicians. They get you the active ingredient that you need. It's not about uh, needing necessarily something. It's not about having a problem. It's about having that confidence. And this gives you that confidence. BlueChew.com code FIGHTFUL. Man, it's a chewable. It gets into your system really quick. And when you get your first shipment free, when you use that code Fightful. So hit them up. Let them know you heard about them from us. Blueshoe.com code Fightful. It's a good time over there. It's a good time. How would you? How uh, would you? Says, somebody says push best of Blue Chew ads on Fightful Scraps. I just posted that. I just posted our first volume of that on Fightful Scraps. I see a lot of people that keep asking questions in the comments. Donate a super chat. We'll read your question or statement on the air. But, uh, yeah. How would you feel if WWE, like, they created new side plays for the WWE title from Progressive Insurance? How would you feel about that? I wouldn't like it, but I would get it. I would understand it. Right, right, right. I I would understand it. Uh, Evan Wright says, Fightful logo on the Oilers helmets, Jimmy? Uh, They already got, uh, what's the name of the arena? uh, Rogers Place, I believe. Because all of the, you know how all the arenas, they sell the naming rights to the arena? Yes. And they're serious money. We're talking like three, four, five million a year. And because yeah. they couldn't have live fans for the games, yeah. they owe a massive make good. So I think most of the teams are going to have whoever got the naming rights to the arena is going to go on their logo. Otherwise, phenomenal idea. I like it. Not happening this season. Probably Which, never. But I do like it. Sponsor an arena, Jimmy. Yeah, there you go. The, the, the Fightful Arena in Toronto, Canada for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Can you imagine? It'd be great. I think that would be awesome. Oh, and, and it'd be almost free, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd make the money back immediately. Immediately. We'd get um, it immediately. Mike JC says, thoughts on the Ali promo on Raw Talk and Charlie saying the Legends got a big reaction from <laughs> recorded crowd noise. I love that line. I love that line when Charlie... I don't know why Charlie said it. She was like, well, look at the reaction they get. And he's like, yeah, they canned it really good for him. I mean, good. Ali isn't treating me like I'm stupid. I would like to know, does she have a producer piping stuff into her ear during that? I don't know. Because, and and, and again, I don't want to disrespect these legends. I mean, Hulk Hogan, I know know you're not a fan of him, and, and he's got a very checkered past, but he tore his body up for years. So did Ric Flair. So did Sergeant Slaughter. All these guys. I respect what they put their bodies through and everything, but Charlie was very pro-legend 
during that whole speech. She was, because you know when Ali said, you know, why why are we promoting these guys? They can barely walk. And she said, well, they can barely walk because they spent years putting their bodies on the line for you, basically, is what she said. And I watched that just thinking she's really pro-legend, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. But I wondered if somebody in her ear was telling her, was, was, was giving her instruction to do that, or if that was just how she felt. That was a bad one. It was a real bad one. Mm. Uh, I wish they wouldn't have done that. I wish they would not have done that. Because uh, it made her look bad. Whether it was from her or from somebody else, it was, it was rough, and she should know better than that anyway. Yeah, well, he, I, I thought, like you said, the fact that he called out on a WWE-produced show that they're sweetening their audience. Good for him, man. Good for him. I mean, yeah. what, what does he have to lose at this Nothing. point? No, and, and he's got options. If they decided you're not worth the hassle and you're, and you're released, he's got options. Yeah. Our friends at Virtual Basement mentioned that Paul London signed with uh, their, their game, The Wrestling Code. I'm looking forward to that, seeing how that works out. Lance Storm, too, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we got tons of coverage over at FightfulGaming.com of Virtual Basement. Uh, Dante V. said, Actually, somebody says, when are you going back on Quizlemania? Uh, how about in an hour and 15 minutes? How's that? How's that work for you? I love the two o'clock Eastern time slot. It's my favorite thing. Good. Yeah. Uh, every every two weeks from now on, by the looks of it, because I'm never going to lose again. Dante V says, "Fightful on the iPad, American politics on the laptop, having more emotional whiplash than Denise loving Goldberg on Monday." I didn't get that. I didn't get that. I didn't understand. I it. mean, when did she become a wrestling fan, Denise? Because she's a kid, yeah, like late twenties. Oh, sure. So did she become a wrestling fan when he was in his prime? She might have. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Heck, maybe that has something to do with it. I, I don't think she know. just wanted to troll me. I think that was it. <laughs> I don't think uh, she's Evan capable Wright. of that. By the way, guys, get in your super chats uh, as we hit like the last 15 minutes of this show. Evan Wright says, thoughts on Brody Lee Jr. cutting promos on Dark, swinging that kendo stick around like a boss, and being in the Dark Order, order entrances. I love it. I don't have a problem in the world with it. No. Dark is a very like, like fun show. I saw him. And here's the thing. I know it's crazy to say this. For about an eight-year-old, like some of the stuff he does looks pretty good for an eight-year-old kid. Like throwing the, the kendo sticks and and doing like hammer locks and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, he learned how to do a hammer lock. You know what? All I can say is I I don't know what it must be like for a little eight-year-old kid to lose your dad, and uh, it's a shitty time for him. And so good on them that they're trying to make his his days a little better. I have no issue with any of it. How and, could you have an issue with any of it? And good on Liv Morgan and Tyson Kidd and Natalia and all these people that are helping him too. I mean, he got in the ring and trained with them yesterday. Right. That was very cool. I saw Harry or Harry Smith, Davy Boy Smith Jr., whatever you want to call him, out there as well. The wrestling world is really coming together to make this kid's life better. And they're they that, that's a thing that we we saw a lot of people say. Like they got to borrow Brody Lee from his family, so they're repaying him. Right. For that right now. Right, right. Yeah, it's a sad situation, man, and, and tough for that kid. I mean, the youngest one is three, so he's not going to quite get it yet. But uh, the oldest absolutely knows what's going on. And Yeah, uh, we, didn't, and, we didn't get to hear you talk about this at all last week, Jimmy. You were gone. Yeah, I know. I was. I, uh, I, I, I wanted to take off the, what was that, the last show of 2020, yeah. I think. And I wanted to take that off, and then the news broke. I think it was on the previous Friday, I think. I can't say any more than, than, than what's already been said. You know, it's, there's this weird thing with celebrities where if you have been a fan of somebody, you've seen them on television, uh, maybe you've seen them in the movies, you've read about them on the internet. There's this weird thing about celebrities where we feel like we know them. 
Yeah. And and I and and so when when one of them passes away, you feel like you lost a friend. And it's just a weird thing when it comes to celebrities. And and when it comes to uh Brody Lee, Luke Harper, all we've heard about for not just days and weeks, even before he left WWE, all you heard about was what a family man he was and would always want to try to get home to his family and a real joker. You hear all this positive stuff. And so when you see him on TV and you read about these things about him, you feel like I lost somebody I knew. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird thing. But uh, it's sad, man. 41 years old. That's way too young. Yeah, way too young. And, and all this shit with these conspiracy theorists saying it's a COVID cover-up and everything. Just deal with it for what it is. A 41-year-old man lost his life. Two little kids lost their dad. Uh, a woman lost her husband. That, that, that's all you need to, to, to be concerned with. Don't worry about supposed conspiracies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's... Yeah, I, I put out my thoughts about the the Bruce Mitchell thing last week, and I won't. Oh, I saw you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it I d- saw. Didn't that. make me happy. I, I thought it it set back human decency, let alone wrestling media. But yeah, I hated that he removed "I get it" from the repost because and didn't, didn't bother to fix the the spelling errors, but he removed that. Yes, because that set the tone. Yeah. So when when he started his original article with "I get it," it made him come off like he wasn't caring, and it made him come off. It just set the tone differently, and he damn well knew it, which is why he took it out of the repost. Yeah. And but so I, I didn't like that. It's amazing that between all that stuff, he didn't mind to proofread his own shit. Right. I mean, I make spelling errors and uh, typos all the time, but you better believe in a situation like that. One, I ain't gonna repost it, but two. It's it's just it's terrible. It's it is, terrible. and 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 quite honestly, I don't know if the if the passing of a wrestler has impacted me this way since Owen Hart. Because typically, when this happens, it's somebody who had a great career. It's somebody that 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 reached legendary status. They had a great life. It's not often that somebody in their prime on a you know nationally internationally recognized television show loses their life at, at that age. And so uh, for me, I thought of Owen Hart as the closest comparable, something that just, just sad, man. Two, two yeah. little kids and, and 41 years old, it's, just, it's unfortunate. It is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's talk about free agents. <laughs> so uh, Ethan Page is done with Impact. Yes, he is. Zicky Dice is done with the NWA. I'll have more on Ethan Page today because a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, he's doing hard to kill. I'll have more on that on FightfulSelect.com today. By the way, um, I'm not going to say it on the air, but while we were on the air, I have found out who the person is going, that was scheduled to go to SmackDown. Oh, the so NXT person. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Okay, there right you go. Right now, I was able to confirm that with uh, a few people uh, there you go. while I was on the air. <laughs> awesome. Shawn Michaels, Roman Reigns, Royal Rumble. Look yes, out for he's, it. He's the call-up. <laughs> he's the call-up. He's, he's his call-up. Yeah, he's yeah. being a coach. <laughs> That's the person they can bring back from uh, that, that time period, Jimmy. Like, that, oh, yeah. Right? That's him what I wish teach, they would have done. Him teaching Otis how to do the worm? That would be great if they did that. See? That'd be great if they did that. But whatever. So, Ethan Page, Zicky Dice. I will say one thing about Zicky Dice. Um... I felt like he was a little bit too, I want to go to AW. I wasn't crazy about that. I, I felt like you should kind of hold your cards closer to the vest a little bit. If I'm Tony Khan, I look at that and I think, awesome, you are either getting no offer at all or I'm going to lowball the hell out of you 
if I'm Tony Khan. Maybe, but yeah. That's just my opinion. But where, where do you think Ethan Page and Zicky Dice might be headed? So I keep saying one thing specifically. If Ring of Honor has any money to spend, I would be spending it on EC3, Aiden English, Matt Cardona, Zicky Dice, Ethan Page. And a lot of people are like, why those people specifically? Because they are all very colorful personalities and they can work. They can do the Ring of Honor style match, but then you have more than Dalton Castle and the Briscoes as far as characters. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can have a Matt Cardona doing stuff with a guy like Jonathan Gresham and really help bring him out of his shell, even more than he has in this in, in the last year. I think they should really, really make a play, especially with all the money they have freed up probably from losing Marty Skrull and losing a couple other people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they should be leaning too heavily into the 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 Bandido, Roosh, uh, all that stuff because it did not work for them. Yeah, they didn't um, they just resign Bandido? They did, yeah. Yes, they did, but yeah. I mean, like he's not going to draw a ton of people yeah. to your show out here. Uh Ethan Page, I I constantly said this, if he got a call on January 1st and they're like, "Oh, we need you next week for Raw." He would be ready and there's nothing that he couldn't do on that show in any position. Zicky Dice, I think, would be a good fit in AEW. I really do. I also think he'd be a good fit in Impact. But um, I, I think AEW's the right spot for him because he's he's got, like, uh, Ricky Starks there, who he's familiar with. He has history with. They're friends. I think that would be a good one. Uh, Jake Chris, I'm going to interview him this week. It won't drop for a couple weeks. But he's a guy that's kind of floating around out there. He's going to land somewhere. He's going to end up getting signed as well. Uh, also... Quick place or a nice place for me to plug in our resources section. We have a free agents list now, so you guys can check that out. I I look at Zicky Dice and I see I see impact. I don't see yeah. AEW for Zicky Dice. I see impact and and Ethan Page. You know what? Him and Cardona are similar in some ways. A lot of ways. Yeah, they are like similar in size, similar in age ish, uh, and both very creative, both very outside the box thinkers. And so I could see them, you know, working together even as a tag team potentially. So I, yeah, there's there's definitely something there that I could see. Now uh, I know you're not going to want to mention any names necessarily, but you mentioned on Select that some WWE talent is opting out of new deals. Mm-hmm. Just I'm not going to ask you for names, but tell me why uh, they're opting out. Is it because they see what's going on the, with creative and direction well, and everything? There's a few things. The third party thing weighs into it. Uh, the landscape weighs into it because in 2019, people were getting seven, eight hundred thousand dollar offers. Yeah. And then we just hear that Riddle got a four hundred thousand dollar offer. In 2019, he would have got offered a lot more than oh, yep, that. Yeah, hundred percent. He would have got offered way more than that, and he he accepted that deal. I reported that he signed that deal. Uh, WWE wanted him to sign it before the end of of 2020. But yeah, a lot of people are just waiting to see the landscape because they know that they don't have very good negotiating power now. And they're going to wait and see how things end up. Right. Interesting times we're in, man. You hear that Andrew Yang wants to run for mayor in New York? I don't know, I don't know anything about that. I just think it's fascinating given, uh, you know, Vincent Mann's ties to the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, sure, sure. Why not? I don't, I, this isn't a political podcast. I know, I know. Podcast. I'm just throwing that out there. I think that's interesting. Uh, Eva Marie. So... You reported that, I think it was December 14, Ross, she was there. She was in, I guess, kind of, you know, work year, whatever. Uh, they did nothing with her. She wasn't on Legends Night this week. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I don't, I, I don't, I've never seen anything what? in Eva Marie. 
Living the gimmick, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, right. Just popping up and not doing anything. Right, I don't, right. I don't get it either. I don't understand I don't, it. don't see I don't anything in she, her. I don't know what she can provide that they, besides the initial, oh my gosh, it's Eva Marie. And yeah. then after that, I don't know. Maybe she's developed like some sort of like acting ability about her. I haven't heard of her training a lot of wrestling. I know she did some, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what she can provide that an Alex Gracia could not have provided. A good in-ring wrestler. She's got the colorful hair uh-huh. and the personality. She cuts better promos. I, I don't get it. I did, I've never seen it. I mean, when, when she was there the first time, I mean, yeah, she, she's a, a pretty girl and she used to have the red hair and that was kind of her, yeah. her thing. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't see it. I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate it again. Anna Jay. She's great. I, if I'm WWE, I'm keeping an eye on her, on Anna Jay, because that girl, I mean, yeah, she, she's getting good in the ring. She's still pretty new, but she's getting good in the ring. But the look she has, she has the makings of what Vincent Mann looks for in a female talent. And whenever I see her on Dynamite, I, I just look at her and I think, Anna Jay, that is somebody that could be the top female in whatever company she's in once she kind of gets more experience under her belt. That's somebody WWE needs to go after if she ever becomes available, in my opinion. Yeah, um, it is just... Uh, it, it's, it speaks a lot to AEW's recruiting that they saw her like eight matches in and they're like, oh, well, we're signing you. Right. I mean, that doesn't happen, Jimmy. That just does not really happen. I think Test... They did that with Test like 22 years ago. He had like five matches, and they're like, "Oh snap, let's get him." Wasn't he? I, uh, wasn't he like a bodyguard at uh, Planet Hollywood in Toronto? Something like that. security. But, I think. I think he was security I, at Planet Hollywood in Toronto. I mean, I know a lot of people won't be like, "Oh, what a great comparison." It is a good comparison. Test was brand new. They took yes. a look, and they're like, "Okay, he he gets it. He understands some of these things," and they signed him up. But he wasn't on TV right away. They'd send him to the Funkin' Dojo. Yeah, he was put, in Calgary, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. they, they put Anna Jay on television. Right, right. No, he's actually, he is a good, Test is a good comparison. Yeah. Because they did kind of pluck him from obscurity. And, uh, and like you said, he did get some training. But he was out there pretty quick on TV. And I remember at the time in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, when he came up, because they put him in the upper, upper level, upper card yeah. right away. Uh, and I remember there was a lot of... Uh, of I don't know if controversy is the right word, but there was a lot of people kind of scratching their heads. Why are they putting him sure. in such a high powered position so so quickly? But uh, yeah, no, Anna Jay. I, I just look at her and I just think she could be something special. I should mention that uh, we're going to do the list goes on after this. We're going to talk about Rowdy Roddy Piper. We're going to talk about Sonia Deville, Sean Waltman, Peyton Royce. Uh, list goes on after this. We'll talk about that before Sean does his uh, his little quiz thing. A little quiz thing does like a hundred thousand views. No I just deal. don't watch it. I'm sure I, I just three say, hours is a long time. That's I, I just a long time. Say, Jimmy, our fightful numbers have been real fucking good. That's good. That's real good. good. It makes I, me I mean, very happy. It's like I told you, I took you from nothing and made you a star. I mean, this is <laughs> this is what I do, Camillo. Yeah, it's what I do. <laughs> you know. How about the human printing press turning a profit first month of his new deal? Guy was doing a little podcast someplace else, and I grabbed him, and I said, I'm going to put the machine behind you, and I'm going to turn you into something. That's exactly what I did. What machine did you put behind me? The Jimmy machine. (laughs) It was the Jimmy machine. I don't want your Jimmy machine anywhere near behind me. So listen here, buddy. It happened. Guys, please subscribe to Fightful Scraps. Um, it would mean a lot to me. YouTube.com slash Fightful Scraps. It would mean a lot if you all subscribe to Fightful Select. Right now, I have the identity of the person referenced in that tweet earlier. 
it's up right now. I've got what happened with Goldberg and uh, in Goldberg and Drew McIntyre segment. I'm going to have Ethan Page information as well. Ah, thank you all so much. Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. I was overwhelmed at how successful that did. We Jimmy hit me up this week. He's like, oh, what do we got to do to monetize? And I yeah. said, we're there. We're good to go. We've already got subscribers over there, Jimmy, after the uh, first night of Wrestle Kingdom, or the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. So happy with I that. haven't quite figured out how Twitch works. I got to I gotta go over there and check it out. Me either. It's going to be a work in progress. You can watch me play Tetris in the middle of one of the most boring matches on the show. It was fun. But hey, FightfulSelect.com. I told you I got a Nintendo Switch now. I have no time to play it whatsoever. But at some point, I hope to play, and then maybe we'll do something on, uh, on yeah, Twitch. We'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah, we eventually. got a lot of moving parts right now. Yeah, yeah. But guys, until next time, we're out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.